Good morning. Glad you're here. Now, by the way, um, Jessica is our children's minister. She's kind of mean. She said it's going to be a family service. You think you can preach about 12 minutes? No. That's the answer. But she did prepare. Make sure that you remember there are these little bags. They're each one of the communion stations. It's got stuff in it for kids. It's got some snacks. Got some crayons. Some different things they can do. Because she thinks that I'm going to be boring. That's basically what that proves. Jess and I will have a conversation tomorrow. How many guys genuinely believe in a God? How many of you guys genuinely believe that God wants us to pray to Him? Now, you don't have to raise your hands on this one. But how many of you guys do it on a regular basis and it's really important to you? There's a disconnect. We're doing this series, When You Believe in God, But. When you believe in God, but you don't pray on a regular basis. Now, we're not going to have any screens today, so if you want to follow along in your Bible, or if you've got a Bible app on your phone or your tablet, go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We're going to get there in just a couple of minutes. Now, this is from the Sermon on the Mount, and in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount is what we call the Lord's Prayer. Now, on the song sheet that you were given, it lists, there's a little sheet there with the Lord's Prayer, and what I'd like us to do is let's stand and let's pray it together. Okay? Are you ready? Take off your hats, guys. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Go ahead and be seated, if you would. I want to keep your Bible or your Bible app open because we're going to get back to Matthew 6 in just a couple of minutes. Now, guys, I don't know if you've ever really paid attention to our kids' prayers, but sometimes kids' prayers are the best, right? They're so honest. These are some kids' prayers. Now, they were actually written down as letters to God, but they're prayers. Here's just a few of them. Here's one. Dear God, I bet it's very hard for you to love all of everybody in the whole world. There are only four people in our family, and I can't do it. Signed, Nan. She's right. And it still blows our minds. We can't figure out how God can love people that we don't. Well, here's one written by Larry. Dear God, maybe Cain and Abel would not kill each other so much if they had their own rooms. Works out with my brother. It's good advice. But God really never asks for our advice, does he? Or this one, dear God, thank you for the baby brother, but what I wanted was a puppy. Signed, Joyce. And if you think about it, that's a prayer we never stop praying. God, I'm grateful for my job, my house, my car, but I really wanted a little bigger, a little better, right? This one's precious. Dear God, I want to be just like my daddy when I get big, but not with so much hair all over. Signed, Sam. 
Well, Sam, the hair kind of goes with it. Just does. Some kids are just confused. They're confused by God. Listen to this one. Dear God, instead of letting people die and having to make new ones, why don't you keep the ones you've got now? Signed, Jane. In other words, prayer we pray, God, I kind of think you're doing it wrong. Prayer we never stop praying. Or this one. <laughs> Dear God, I went to this wedding and they kissed right in church. Is that okay? Signed, Neil. And I kind of think a lot of people still pray that one. God, I, I really thought your rules were strict. Can I get away with that? And, and some of our kids, are um, oh, their prayers are so God-honoring. This is one from Michelle. She says, Dear God, if I was God, I wouldn't do so good at it. Keep it up. We're right there with you, Michelle. Or this one. Dear God, it's great the way you always get the stars in the right places. Signed, Jeff. I've been watching the sun come up the last few mornings. You ever just look at the sky and say, wow, God, you're good. Some kids are a little more critical. Dear God, why don't you leave the sun out at night when we need it the most? Signed, Barbara. I think quite a few of our prayers kind of sound like that one to God. Or this one. Dear God, did you mean for the giraffe to look like that or was it an accident? Signed, Norma. And we kind of think something similar when we look at these mosquitoes, wasps, chickers, ticks, right? And we're kind of like, really, God? Really? Or this one's from Robert. Dear God, I'm an American. What are you? We still want to know. I'm a Republican, God. What are you? I'm a Democrat, God. I'm a Libertarian, God. What are you? Which side are you on, God? On my side? And sometimes our kids know that God is there, but they're not sure they need him. Here's Dean. Dear God, you don't have to worry about me. I always look both ways. Figure God chuckles. I think he has to. Or this one's from Frank. Dear God, I'm doing the best I can. Yeah, right. <laughs> we pray that one. We're really not. Then God chuckles. I figure we must. Just one more. And I'm going to change the name of the preacher, okay? Here it is from Danny. Dear God, is Doc really a friend of yours or do you just know him through business? What would you think the answer is? I don't want you to raise your hands or shout it out loud. That would be bad. Bottom line, guys, listen. I suspect that the most eloquent, most elegant, most thoughtful prayers ever prayed sound pretty much like these kids' prayers to God to an infinitely smart, infinitely wise, infinitely good, infinitely powerful God. You think he's actually impressed by our words? You think the God who created this universe, who holds it all in his hands, you think that he loves us because we get it right, or do you think he loves us for trying? For trying to please him, trying to praise him? My grandkids love to pray. Jackson's seven now. Aubrey and Caden are four. When our family gets together, we always pray before we eat, and they fight to be the one who prays. How cool is that? In fact, if they're not chosen, sometimes they'll pout or even cry. How cool is that? Sometimes Andy or Monica will let them all pray. I hate that because I know the food's going to be cold by the time they all get done. They love to pray. And there's absolutely no telling what they're going to say to God. Someday, 
Someday they're not going to be so eager. Isn't that sad? They're going to lose their desire to be the one who gets to pray in front of us all. I suspect that because most of us do lose that desire to pray, at least out loud in front of others. Why is that? Well, maybe, maybe at first our kids see a smile when they pray. And they pray so simply, so inelegantly, and they like our smiles. And at first, I suspect they don't mind our chuckles until they realize that sometimes we're laughing at them, not with them, and they start guarding their words more. And then perhaps they get a little older, they become a little more self-aware, and it dawns on them, as it dawns on all of us, that none of us are smart enough really to pray to God. We're not sure that the words we pray are adequate. We're pretty sure that others don't find our words adequate. And think about it. How could an omniscient God ever think our words are adequate? And then how in the world could we ever think that the adequacy of our words has anything to do with the quality of our prayer? So Jesus says in Matthew 6, verse 5, <coughs> he says, When you pray. When. Not if. Which is weird, isn't it? When you pray to this God that you can't see physically, when you pray to this God who doesn't usually talk back audibly, when you pray, you ever thought about how wild that sounds? Jesus, who is God the Son, tells us that God the Father, the infinitely powerful, infinitely wise, infinitely good God, wants you to talk to him. Why? How wild is that? We have an omniscient God who already knows everything that is knowable. He knows everything that you would ever want to say to him. And he wants you to talk to him. And if there really is a God, and we believe there is, and he really wants us to pray, we'd be idiots not to. Even if we really don't understand the why yet. Apparently, this God of the universe, this infinite one, wants us to talk to him all the time. And what's crazier still, maybe, we think it makes a difference. We think it makes life better. Do you believe that? That prayer would make your life better? Now, I know a lot of people pray. Most people pray. A lot of people pray when they are desperate about something. Maybe someone that you love is terribly sick and they need healing, so you pray. Or maybe you pray when you're just really, really scared. I don't think I can handle this one. God, I need some help here, right? Or maybe you pray when you're angry, when you're mad at God. God, how could you? God, how come you didn't? Or maybe they just pray when they want something really, really, really bad and they need God to help them get it. I need this job, God. I need this girl. I need this guy, God. Could use a little help here. Did you know that according to a study in the United Kingdom, under half of those who pray to God, under half of those who pray to God actually believe God hears them? So more than half pray, and they figure he probably doesn't ever hear. Desperation, I guess. Jesus says, when you pray, when you pray, and he's not talking about when you're desperate, scared, angry, or you want something. He's talking about doing life with him when you pray. 
It's who we are. It's what we do. And listen, guys, it's not about me. It's not about you when you pray. Most people, when they pray, it's all about me. It's what I want, what I like, what I need. With Jesus, most of the prayer is about God. It's not about me. It's about God. I'll show you. Jesus actually says there right before the Sermon on the Mount, he says, when you pray, don't show off. It's not about you. It's not for other people. It's not about showing off. And then he says, when you pray, don't babble. It's not about impressing God with your words. It's not about wearing God out with your nagging. That'd be about you. Do you know that God already knows what you need, what you want, what you think before you ever tell him? Because he is God, right? not like God needs you to bring him up to speed. And it's not like God needs you to tell him what needs to be done. He's not up there wondering, what should I do next? And then he hears us prayer and he's like, ah, great idea. Now I get it. He is God, right? And did you know that your nagging, our nagging, will never, ever, ever wear God down? And our babbling will never cause God to do something he doesn't already want to do. And did you know, did you know that your prayers are never going to make God love somebody more or try harder to save someone? You know why? Because <laughs> he cares about everyone that you care about way more perfectly than you do. And he's already tugging on everybody that you care about, wanting them to come to Christ. But your prayers will change you. And occasionally, apparently as an answer to our prayer, God does do things that he might not have done. Go figure. Because he loves to delight his kids as long as what his kids ask is God honoring. So Jesus says, when you pray, when you pray, pray something like this. Guys, this is Emmett. This is Emmett Clark. He's going into the fifth grade. He is going to... Show us how Jesus taught us to pray. Go ahead, Emmett. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well done. Thank you, Emmett. Isn't it cool that he has the courage to stand up here and pray that in front of all of us? It's neat, isn't it? And did you know that the words that Emmett just spoke are some of the most revolutionary, you've never thought of it this way, but the most revolutionary, most powerful words ever spoken. They can be life-changing if you get it and if you embrace it. This is prayer Jesus style. It starts with God. It's not about what I want. It's not about what God can do for me. It's not about me starts with God. Prayer starts with acknowledging who he is, honoring what he wants, and bending our knees to him. You can ask God for stuff, but that's not the heart of prayer. What Jesus does is to show us how to put our prayers in the right order. It starts with this, call God Father. Call God Father actually not quite accurate probably in the original it probably said something like this call dad abba abba call god dad call him dad 
the creator, the omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, transcendent God wants you to call him dad. Now that's just weird. That's the way that a kid would address a dad back in the time of Jesus. And back when Jesus said this, the people who were listening to him would have said that this is almost blasphemous. You're talking to the holy God, the ineffable God. And Jesus says, yeah, but he is not unapproachable. In fact, he cares for you like you care for your kids, only perfectly. And God wants you to call him dad. Don't forget, he's our father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. You see, we're all hybrids, right? We've talked about this before. We are physical creatures, but we're also spiritual creatures. We're the only creatures on earth that stand with one foot in both worlds. Physical world, God has created. Spiritual world that you all sense is there. You have a biological dad, and you have a spiritual dad, the creator. And he wants that relationship with you as a father with his kids. We were made to do life with God. So we do serve him because he's our God. But we serve a God who actually loves us as his kids. That is wonderfully weird. The God who ought to scare the bejiggers out of us wants us to talk to him. Our father, our spiritual father, our creator father, it says, may your name be hallowed. May it be holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May your holy name be honored on earth as it is in heaven. May your kingdom come now on earth as it already is in heaven. May your will be done here on earth as it already, already is done in heaven. We're looking at the Greek language. These are imperatives. It's not a, God, wouldn't it be cool if people would honor your name? No, it's a, make it happen, God. People need to respect, to revere, to reverence your name here on earth with the same kind of reverence you get in heaven. There's an intensity and a passion to those words. It's not, wouldn't it be cool if we all acted like we were citizens of your kingdom first? No. To God, make it happen. We need, we need desperately for your flag to mean more to us than any other flag on this earth. There's intensity to these words. There's a passion. It's not, wouldn't it be cool if we cared a little bit more about your will, God? Now to God, please help us to understand that your way has to win whether we understand the why or not. It's not about what I want. It's not about what they want. It's about what you want, God. Passion and intensity in these words. And it's God, let's start with me. I want to treat your name with honor, as holy, always. I want to live like I'm a citizen of your kingdom first, always. I want to do life your way, even when I don't understand you, God, even when I don't agree with you, God, because I trust you. And I know that you're wiser than I am, and I trust that everything you want from me is out of love. So may your will, not mine, be done. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from the evil one. God, give us the bread that we need for today. God, forgive us our sins every day. And God, protect us when we were tempted. We need it. Please, God. Now, we tend to fixate on just this part of the prayer. God, give me. This is what I want. This is what I need. But listen, actually, to what Jesus tells us to ask for. He says, say, give us enough bread to get through the day. This is not a prayer, prayer for filet mignon or brisket. It's not a prayer for cake. Give us the bread we need to get through the day and help us to learn to be content with that, God. Wouldn't that be cool? In fact, wouldn't it be cool if we actually wanted God more than what he could give us? That you actually wanted God more than you wanted his gifts? Because he's the real treasure, isn't he? And forgive us our debts. Forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us our sins. And we need to pray that a lot. You know why? Because we sin a lot. It's not that God is stingy with grace. It's that our sins drive a wedge between us and God, and it drives a wedge between us and each other, and it drives a wedge between us and even our own hopes and dreams. And we need to keep clearing the table if we want life to be as rich as it can be. And the next part, I never really liked this part of the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Holy cow, that's hard. It's huge. Because our unforgiveness and our bitterness and our quest to get even imprison us in a cancerous darkness. So God says, forgive us our sins and help us to learn to be as graceful and as gracious as you are. Please, God. And lead us not into temptation. That's not quite it, because God will never tempt any of you guys to sin. Temptation does not come from God. Protect us in the middle of temptation. Please, God. Because I'm not strong enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough to beat temptation on my own, and neither are you. We know that when we give into temptation, we always lose. We know that we're prone to wander, and we need God's help to keep us straight. So we pray, God, lead us through the temptations we face every single day. And you can do all this because yours is the kingdom, God, and yours is the power, and yours is the glory forever. Amen. So when Jesus says, when you pray, when you pray, pray something like this. This is Aniston, guys, Aniston McIntosh. She's going into the sixth grade, right? Aniston, how did Jesus teach us to pray? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven those who have we, as, as we have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Wonderful. Thank you, sweetheart. Guys, it's not a bad practice to actually use that prayer on a regular basis for a while to teach you to pray. Use it as a pattern. Think about each piece and expand each piece in your own mind. These are the most revolutionary, some of the most powerful words that were ever spoken. They're life-changing if you get it, if you embrace it. Can you pray Jesus' prayer his way? 
Listen, guys. When you pray. Not if. When you pray. And it's not about flowery words. It's not about many words. They're not necessary. And remember, you're never going to tell God something he doesn't already know. And you're not going to nag God into doing something that he believes is unwise. And you're not going to force God to work harder on someone that you love because he's already working way beyond what you understand. He already loves them perfectly. Guys, just pray. One of the greatest honors that our Creator gives us. I mean, the whole idea that our Creator God wants us to talk to Him and that He promises to listen. How awesome is that? Parents, grandparents, let your kids see you pray. Let them learn from you how to pray. Prayer starts with praise. That's where I think most every prayer should start. Heavenly Father, Dad, how amazing is that? God, may your name be honored as it deserves. Let it start with me. And let my citizenship in your kingdom dwarf my allegiance to anything else here on earth. May your will be done when I understand it and when I don't. When I agree with you and when I don't, because I trust you, God. We're going to trust you, God, for our daily bread. What's so hard, because we live with anxiety over our bills, our jobs, our paychecks, and we're obsessed with getting more. And God, bathe me with your grace all over again. I need your grace every single day. And help me to give grace as freely as I've received it from you. And God, help me in my war with sin, because I can't win that war without you. And I know, God, I know, God, that you can do all this because yours is the kingdom and yours is the power and yours is the glory forever. Amen. So, stand together. Guys have a hat on, take it off. And let's worship our God the same way we started. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together. It's on your sheet if you need to look it up. Guys, try to pray it with understanding. Try to pray it with heart. Are you ready? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.